Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, Tunnel to Towers has been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He enlisted in the military after graduating high school and left behind a pregnant fiancé who gave birth to a son that he would never meet. But thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tunnel to Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home, relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and Fallen First Responder families, as well as our nation's most severely injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. America's heroes are counting on you. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man, who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie, and uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Team, welcome to the Freedom Hut Thursday, May 12th edition of the program. I'm heading to Chicago, so I'll be out tomorrow, and it'll be the first time I've ever been in Chicago, so I'm kind of excited. Uh, and looking forward to a weekend there. But we'll talk about the situation of crime and Black Lives Matter and why this is uh, on my mind right now. Uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, the aftermath of it, and the data, the statistics about crime in Chicago, how all of this is related. And there's actually a fascinating substack. Uh, from uh, Barry Weiss, where the guest writer deals with this exact issue of why we're in the crime situation we're in right now. And uh, I will address that with you here in just a moment. But I got to tell you, if you've ever considered becoming a real estate investor, go check out my friends at Done For Your Real Estate. They take you through every step of the process from beginning to end, from figuring out what city you want to invest in, what property, getting the loan, getting a management company, tenant in place, and then free cash flow coming to you every month as you build up equity in that house over time. 
And if you pick the right market, the right house, you could see you know dramatic gains over a period of time. This is slow and steady. This is not fast fly-by-night stuff. This is preparing for the long term, making smart real estate decisions. That's what Done For You Real Estate teaches you to do. Go to doneforyoubuck.com to see how this works. That's doneforyoubuck.com. I have bought multiple properties with them personally, and I'm going to be buying more properties with the advice of Done For You Real Estate. Go to doneforyoubuck.com. So I'm, I'm heading to Chicago, and uh, people are asking me why, and I say, well, it's because I have never been, and I'm 40 years old, and I've been to Baghdad and Kabul and all over Europe and into South and Central America and over to Southeast Asia and i never been to Chicago, so I just kind of felt like, you know what? I want to go check this place out. I want to have my first experience there. And one of the fun things about being able to reach so many folks on social media is that when you have a new experience you're going to have in a city, in a place, you say, hey, tell me about, tell me about what uh, I should do when I'm there. You know, What do you recommend? What do you think is a good first weekend in Chicago itinerary? People are talking about going to the river and being on one of those boats. A lot of pizza uh, suggestions. I mean, I have celiac disease, so that's not really going to help me very much, but it's a nice idea. I appreciate it. And some steakhouses, that's definitely my jam. Stuff like that, right? I can't tell you, though, how many people, when I ask for advice on what to do in Chicago, make some comment, have some comment about how keep your head down, wear a bulletproof vest, you better be armed. You know, there, there's a lot of that going on. And, and I got to tell you, it, it, it's sad when you think about it. I mean, as just as an American, I mean, I've never even been there. But the fact that this is what, and, and a lot of them are Chicago residents. And this is the third largest city in America. Uh, what is it? About two and a half million people. And the commentary about the city isn't, oh, it's amazing. I mean, if you ask a Frenchman, particularly a Parisian, about paris they're going to tell you that it's the greatest city in the world you ask a londoner about london they're going to tell you that it's the greatest city in the world i've asked some chicagoans now granted a lot of them are not from chicago the people are all across the u.s but a lot of them are chicago natives i've asked them and they're making they're making comments about uh the shootings and about the violence that's going on in that city and you say, well, that's not the way it's supposed to be. 901 people through the 8th of May, so it's over over 901 people right now, have been shot. 173 of them fatally. So we're not even halfway through the year, and there have been 900 people shot in the city of Chicago. Uh, that's appalling. How do we get to this place? Why are there so many shootings in the city of Chicago? You can see, I mean, how, how many... You know, by 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 the way, this is true all across the country. This is not just a uh, Chicago thing. As we know, there's crime rising, particularly violent crime and shootings has been rising in major U.S. cities. Why is this going on? Uh, what is the circumstance? What's the situation? Um, that brings me to the Black Lives Matter movement and what happened in 2020. And I'll tell you this story through the prism of uh, a fellow named Zach Kriegman, who I'd never heard of before, and Barry Weiss on her Substack has a piece by Zach Kriegman. She allows people, she remember, she was the New York Times uh, editorial page uh, person who was supposed to bring in alternate voices from the lib 
orthodoxy, and she was harassed so much by her colleagues that she resigned because it's such a it's an atrocious joke. I mean, it's an intellectually fetid, rotten place at the New York Times now because you either believe these left wing orthodoxies or they harass you, they try to destroy you, they want to ruin you, all that stuff. Well, you know that's true at the New York Times. It's also true at Thomson Reuters, right? It's also true at Reuters. Uh, and you say to yourself, well, this is this is supposed to be one of the more... Uh, a mainstream isn't the word that I should use here, but less political. I mean, Reuters, Associated Press, that's supposed to be the most straight-down-the-middle journalism you can get, right? That's at least what the brand is supposed to be. That's not true at all. We're about to discuss how not true that is. Well, there's certainly something something about these uh, media entities that's, that represents themselves as, oh, we're just doing the reporting. We're just the reporters doing the reporting. Well, this individual who worked at Thomson Reuters, he was their chief data scientist. Uh, he was fed to the diversity and inclusion machinery. Right. They they lowered him in feet first into the grinding gears of the diversity and inclusion and human resources office, which I'm going to tell you this in these companies, they're very similar to the Soviet political commissars who were deployed in in factories and businesses, state owned, but businesses all over the Soviet Union. There were people who were assigned by the state to monitor the people that were doing labor in the state-owned enterprises to make sure they never criticized anything, to make sure that they they praised the plan, they praised the Communist Party and the revolution. How different is that really from what you have going on with all of these diversity and inclusion offices that just traffic in this identity politics, race obsession, CRT narrative, which has been become a dominant ideology, the dominant ideology of the left and the Democrat Party. And all they do is police people for thought crimes. That is their that is their existence. That is what goes on. So here you have this data scientist writing for the Barry Weiss Substack, and he just looked at the numbers. And, and this is very interesting for a conservative like me, because. This is a guy who's clearly not a conservative. He's probably a Democrat voting lib, but he understands numbers. And this whole story that the BLM movement is built on, that, that unarmed black men are constantly being shot. It's a national crisis by police, by police. There is a national crisis of black men being shot. It is not by police, though. It is overwhelmingly by other young black men. That's actually what the data shows. That is what is statistically obvious and clear. That is a national crisis. That is a national emergency. But police shooting on unarmed black men is not a national crisis. It is not something that happens frequently at all. And he knows this because he looked at all the numbers and he became kind of obsessed when he was at Reuters with looking at the numbers. This is from the piece, quote, statistics from the most co complete database indicate that over the last five years, Police have fatally shot 39% more unarmed whites than blacks because there are roughly six times as many white Americans as black Americans. That figure should be closer to 600%, BLM activists insist. The fact that it's not, that there's a 
uh, a gap is, they say, evidence of the bias of police departments. When you actually look further at the data, though, according to calculations, which is published by the Deputy District Attorney for Los Angeles, based on FBI data, black Americans account for 37% of those who murder police officers and 34% of the unarmed suspects killed by police. Whites make up 42% of cop killers and 42% of the unarmed suspects shot by police, meaning whites are killed by police at a 7% higher rate than blacks because what he's doing is trying to buy the numbers control for use of force situations that's what really matters if you're looking at are police disproportionately using lethal force you have to look at lethal force situations not just the general population because what this gets to is that uh that black americans are disproportionately involved in use of force situations against police that result in use of force by police and so this guy points this out this is just all by the numbers and he says quote if you broaden the analysis to include armed suspects whites are shot at a 70 percent higher rate than blacks other experts in the field concur that in relation to the number of police officers murdered whites are shot disproportionately so what this is saying is in a in a dangerous use of force situation where a police officer's life is in jeopardy, which is when you can use lethal force. Cops are more likely to use lethal force against a white assailant than a black assailant. This is by the numbers compiled by the FBI, the Washington Post and others. This is what the actual data says. This is the chief data scientist at Reuters telling you this. Oh, boy, not allowed to talk about this. No, sir. Oh, my gosh, not allowed to say it, not allowed to say it. And here we are. Uh, Now we see what happens. He gets fed into the diversity and inclusion machinery, right? All of a sudden, the HR and diversity office wants to talk to him. Um, And it's because, oh, also, before I get to that, he says that there are just countless stories at Reuters where they were just lying. I mean, they were just leaving out critical data. They were just misleading the public. He writes, in one story, Reuters reported on police in Kenosha shooting a black man, Jacob Blake, in the back, but failed to mention that they did so only after he grabbed a knife and looked likely to lunge at them on video. In another story, Reuters referred to a wave of killings of African-Americans by police using unjustified lethal force, despite a lack of statistical evidence that such a wave of police killings had taken place in 2020 18 we are a country of 330 million people 18 unarmed black americans were killed by police according to the washington post 107,000 people died of drug overdoses last year uh, just to put the numbers into context how much time does the democrat corporate media spend on that versus 18 unarmed black men killed by police by the way unarmed does not mean not a threat does not mean that they were not That does not mean in and of itself that those shooting incidents were not justified, legally and morally justified. I'm sure if you look at them, a lot of them, maybe a majority of them, were legally and morally justified. And maybe there were a couple that weren't. And those officers should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. That's it. We have the system. We have it in place. And it actually works pretty darn well. But... The only the only really serious story to look I mean, a serious study to look at police shootings uh, on black versus white suspects 
was done by a professor at Harvard named Professor Fryer, and his study found, wait for it, cops are more likely under similar circumstances to shoot a white suspect than a black suspect. We all know why this is. It's not, it's not hard to understand. If you shoot a white guy, the media is not going to say, oh my gosh, it's racist. But if there are questionable in any, in any capacity, if there's any sort of a judgment call situation with a police officer, particularly a white police officer shooting a black suspect, the rush to it's racist, the cops a murderer, the protest, the demands for prosecution happens right away and the cop's life is ruined. We all know this. Okay, it's reflected in the data, in the numbers. Libs just don't want to hear it. And that then brings me to what happened with this individual, uh, this individual Kriegman, uh, who got fired, fired from Reuters. You know that's coming because he posted on the internal chat board for Reuters, meant for discussion of controversial issues, he, he posted the data and his findings to essentially say, hey, guys, this Reuters narrative that we're going for here, that that unarmed black men are being murdered by racist police as a as a continuous problem, as a, a systematic problem is a lie. And it results in the Ferguson effect, which is cops undermined, defunded, less able to do their jobs. And that then results in more unarmed black men being killed predominantly disproportionately by other black men in america that is what actually happens this is what he said on the internal chat what do you think happened then they took they took it down right away took it down not allowed to say that why it's data not allowed to say the data it's uh provocative and harmful they said and then it got worse of course he writes over the next two weeks i kept checking back to see whether they would reinstate it after a good bit of waiting and wondering, I was told by HR, a team of human resources and communications professionals was reviewing it. I asked if I'd be allowed to discuss the moderator's concerns. I was told no. Finally, they told me the post would not be reinstated because it was antagonistic and provocative. When I asked what exactly was provocative or antagonistic, she suggested I speak with the head of diversity and inclusion. Uh-oh, chief commissar. So I scheduled a meeting. And... I was told that I had what I had. Uh, it could hurt me at the company. It could put the kibosh on any future promotions. Then the comments started rolling in from colleagues. They called my review of the academic literature white splaining, failing to note that many of the academics I cited were black, that it was laughable what I wrote, not worth engaging in. One even said, My unwillingness to engage doesn't signal the strength of your argument. If someone says the KKK did lots of good things for the community, prove me wrong. I'm not obligated to do so. I mean, the person who wrote that is a moron and a psychopath. I don't know who it is within Reuters, but that person is a complete blanking idiot. Total moron. Paid by Reuters, though. But you see, this is what happens. People create these comfortable little narratives for themselves where they don't have to engage or debate. And then uh, Kriegman sent a letter to company leadership saying, hey, uh, what's going on here? You know what they did after that? I brought him into an office, HR. They fired him, terminated him. After six years, chief data scientist. Reuters, one of the biggest news gathering organizations in the world, fired its chief data scientist for sharing data that showed that the BLM narrative is bullcrap and they didn't want to hear it, so they fired him. 
This is at Reuters. This is also, though, in essence, at the New York Times, at the Washington Post, at name a major corporation these days, at Uber, at Apple, at all these places. Can't share this. Now, this is about news and news gathering, so he should have even more, right? I mean, you can make the argument, well, we shouldn't be arguing, we shouldn't be talking about this at all at those companies. Okay, well, of course they do. They indoctrinate with the BLM rhetoric at these places. But at a news organization, you can't share data that contradicts the newsroom narrative, clearly contradicts it. No, you cannot. No, you cannot. This is a good time to tell you about the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund, which is defending many officers who have been wrongfully accused, charged, or fired just for doing their jobs. These officers and their families are counting on you to support them in their time of need. Your donation will help them stay out of prison and avoid being financially bankrupted by bogus accusations and pressure from the far left to charge the police for just doing their job of protecting all of us. Take a moment now. Don't just let this be something we talk about. Take action. Go to policedefense.org. Not only are they raising funds necessary to get officers charged the best legal defense possible, they're helping those officers and their families keep the lights on, keep food on the table, keep a roof over their heads. Fundraising is crucial for officers wrongfully accused in these woke times. Please go to policedefense.org. Consider contributing just $15 or more to the Police Defense Fund to help these officers in their time of need. That's policedefense.org, policedefense.org. I will let you all know how uh, my first trip to Chicago goes. I think it'll be a lot of fun, and uh, I don't anticipate that there will be any issues, even though everyone's saying there will be issues. I don't think there will be. I think I'll have a lovely time. I'll give you my full report on all this when I see you on Monday. Talk to you on Monday, rather. Shields high. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation supports America's greatest heroes, our service members, and first responders who die or are severely injured in the line of duty, as well as homeless veterans. These are heroes we all owe a debt of gratitude to. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responders, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs honor the sacrifices made for us. We're honoring the men and women who risk their lives and bodies for our country and our communities. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America with over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Not to mention there are dozens of golf outings and barbecues. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute educates kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. 
We had a big bear of a man who was called Mal Evans, who was our roadie. And uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.